to the Pokemon Film! I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. This is episode 423 of the podcast, and proud we are of all of that. This will not be the world's longest uh, episode. I have a number of people in the house that are sick right now. They really? have been tested. No one has the sickness. It's important to note that. They, are, they got sick, but they don't have the sickness. Yes. Very important thing to clarify there. So... Uh, yeah, run-of-the-mill stomach bug virus sort of thing. So, thankfully, so I'm... So you don't have to be as nice to them. Yeah. Thankfully, I am not sick, uh, even though a lot of other people in the family are, because as everyone knows, dads don't get sick. So, yes. yay! I'm just kidding. But not about the sick part, because I'm not sick right now, but anyway... Uh, yeah, so this is a new format that we're doing for the podcast, uh, shorter. This is the monologue, and then we move on to Steve Stubbs of the Week and Bunny Versus, then it's a break, and then we go straight into discussing this week's movie, which I'm so excited to talk about. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Nothing else is like it. And I always like that when a movie like that comes around. As much as I hate the movie The Apple, there is nothing like it. Yes. You know, as much as I the BGs in Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Band, there's nothing like it. Yes. So I, it, those movies do get a few extra points. And I do want to say that I already apologize for next week's movie. Uh-oh. It's important that we do this. We got to do okay. it for the people, for the kids, for the new generation, for the culture. So, uh, yeah, so this won't be the longest episode in the world. Uh, but I like to start every episode now of our new format by just talking a little bit about something that has been in the news. Last week, we talked about the 61-year-old Irish man who was sentenced to six months in prison for releasing rats into his workspace, and I've got a special one this week. More and more, to... he is a hero of mine. Yeah, yeah. He's very much a hero. Uh, so this week, I want to talk about a 33-year-old engineer. He was recently interviewed for Mel Magazine, which is an online magazine, uh, kind of like a less pretentious, like, Maxim or something like that. Okay. It, 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 I don't know. It, it's like a male-focused website that just has a lot of long-form articles, and I go there every once in a while, and I'll find some article that I really like. They recently interviewed a man going only by the name of Dylan. He's a 33-year-old engineer. He was doing an internship starting in 2014, and the place that he worked was five minutes away from Six Flags Magic Mountain. Oh, yes. Uh, the theme park in, I believe, Valencia, California. He could see a roller coaster from his window at his uh, place of work. Anyway, they had a deal going, going on at that time where 
for $150, and I think this is a pretty good deal if you live in the area. If for $150, you get unlimited year-round access to Six Flags Magic Mountain, and here's the kicker, you get two free meals a day. So for the first year, uh, so, so he did the math. He's an engineer. He did the math, and he realized that if he uh, had every lunch and dinner for free at Six, Flag, Six Flags Magic Mountain, he would save an insane amount of money. So for the first year, he would go to Six Flags and have lunch and dinner at Six Flags every day. Yeah. For an entire year, he would maybe have like a small bowl of cereal for breakfast and then he'd go to work. And then for his lunch, he would just take a quick jaunt over to Six Flags, have lunch at the theme park for free, go back to work. And once he's done with work, man, I'm hungry for dinner. <coughs> Six Flags has dinner on his way home. Uh, over the six years after that first year, he would get three or four lunches a week. But uh, kudos to this man for thinking outside the box. You know? Yes. This uh, is the... T I, I also quite enjoy how we're all pretty much surprised and happy that he's still alive. Yeah. He did say that the food was pretty atrocious in the beginning, but, but now... They are expanding more to uh, different foods. You know, he's not just eating a corn dog twice a day for like seven years. They have gotten better food. So that's at least one positive. The man hasn't had a heart attack yet. So, uh, I, I, cool. also, I also have to congratulate the theme park itself for. With this story coming out, they have leaned into it. Oh yeah, and have and have yep yeah, yep. Yeah, we're still we're still selling these passes. You can still have these two free meals. Come and yeah. get them. I, <clears throat> I appreciate that they leaned into it. I think yeah. they're going to be really fucking sorry, but still. Yeah, but still. <clears throat> so kudos to this man, the thirty-three-year-old engineer who's eating a. Uh, so much food at Six Flags Magic Mountain. You're saving money is what you're doing, and I appreciate that, you know? Yes. I appreciate that very much. Uh, so anyway, uh, that's the monologue. Let's move on to the, to the meat and potatoes of this week's podcast with our first segment. But I... Wait a second. Say cut first. Oh, yeah. And cut on the monologue. There you go. Buddy! Yes? So I have the AMC A-list, and what that is is a membership service. With that, I get up to three free movies a week for $19.95 a month. It costs more in bigger cities where there are actual uh, people. Uh, and so from 2018, the end of 2018 to, to uh, March of 2020, I saw 177 movie showings in a 66-week period of time, which I think is a pretty darn impressive, if I do say so myself, which I do. Uh, and then the pandemic ruined my big streak and threw me off my groove. But 
now movies are back and so am I, so get ready for some up-to-date movie reviews with Steve Stubbs of the Week! Thank you, I like, I, I always like it when you play the theme music. Makes me feel, <laughs> makes me feel uh, like an important boy. So this week's installment of Steve Stubbs represents my 19th week back in theaters. And in that time, I have seen 33 movie showings in theaters. I'm not really going every, you know, three times a week like I used to back in the day. There's a lot less pressure. So I'm going once to twice a week to the movies, which I'm comfortable with. Uh, So this week... I saw the following two movies in theaters. Uh, Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho and The Fricking Eternals. Yep. Now first, uh, let's discuss the movie that was not chosen as my movie pick of the week, Eternals. Okay. Uh, did you see it? You started talking about something on the Pope on Film discussion group on Facebook that made me seem like you've seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I just heard of it. But okay. I'm sorry, Eros is a creepy motherfucker. He just yeah. always has been. Yeah, he is. But uh, I, I liked the movie. It was fun, and I had a good time. Also, at times, the film feels a bit pretentious, and it seems like the movie likes to smell its own farts. Yeah. So, there's that. It's two hours and 37 minutes long. And then you've got, like, 20 minutes of ads and previews before the movie. And then, however long it takes for you to get to the theater and come back, this is basically an afternoon eater. This yeah. is an evening destroyer. You know? Yeah, I yeah. realized a couple of hours before the movie that like, shit, the movie starts at 7. I'm getting out of the theater at 10. That's a big, long chunk of time when you add the, the ads in the beginning uh, that basically this is an end game of a movie. Yes. So, and it's full of flashbacks it's a very flashback heavy movie and it, it, I always have some problems with that it, there isn't that much that ties this movie to the overall MCU <coughs> I was hoping that this movie would uh, tie into Shang-Chi and tie into all of these different movies maybe this will be a a hint towards what happens in uh, Doctor Strange and all of these different things, but there are some small references to the MCU, like, uh, like we're Eternals and we need to do eternal things and so what do you think's happening to the Avengers? <laughs> but if you remove those small MCU references that feel shoehorned in, like yeah. they made the movie and then it's like, oh, we need there to be MCU references and they forced like a small handful of references in there. But they also reference Superman, so fuck them. Yeah, which is uh, Superman in like a fictional setting, so it's weird that they're making 
a fictional MCU a part of the overall I mean, you know what I'm saying. I'm a little bit high. I, but... I had no interest in this movie which winds up meaning I, I know more about this movie than movies I do have an interest in. Yeah, that's, something that makes comes sense. Up and has spoilers, I don't care. I'll fucking play it. I don't, I don't care about this movie. So the only thing I hope it ties into is the Inhumans. <laughs> the freaking Inhumans, man. Yeah, this way we could we could like jettison them both back out of the MCU universe. And just I be mean... like, okay, okay. You know, much like Ang Lee's Hulk, this didn't happen. Uh, speaking of Ang Lee's Hulk, this... Like, if you remove the two end credit sequences and the small amount of Marvel references that seem shoehorned in at the last minute, this movie feels like uh, exactly what it is. An Oscar winner's attempt at making a drama. This movie considers itself the Ben-Hur of comic book movies, so it comes off as a bit pretentious, but it's fun. I I had a fun time. I will say I don't think there's a lot of rewatchability in this. Like I like uh like Shang-Chi. I've seen that 3 times and it's coming out as a download uh this yeah, this coming Friday and I'm really excited to watch it with my kids and you know yeah. watch it on the couch and have a fun time with that. Watch it a couple of times. I really like uh um Aquafina in it as Shang-Chi as friend Katie, it's a really fun movie. It's kind of stupid, kind of fun, and 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 I really really like it. And I'll watch it a bunch of times. But Eternals, I've watched it once. I am good. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like Black Widow. I felt the same way about Black Widow. That like, okay, I liked Black Widow, but also it should have come out a freaking decade ago. You and Marvel really dropped the ball on that. Yeah. So so that was the Eternals. You have to see it if you're a fan of the MCU. You can watch it once and then say, I've watched it, and then you can move on. So so there's that. Uh, and finally, the Steve Stubbs pick of the week is Edgar Wright's new film, Last Night in Soho. Yes, I am very interested. Please uh, tell me. So I've been battling some pretty severe depression lately uh i i have bipolar disorder and that's always sort of been an afterthought onto the side but the older i get the more it seems to be more of a prominent role in my life so i've been battling some severe depression i seem to now be sort of you know on the right on the peak of that hill and hopefully you know i'm i think i'm starting to feel better but a, I specifically went to go see Last Night in Soho because, like, hey, I'm really sad. I'm really depressed. And Edgar Wright has a new movie out. So uh, I, maybe I should go see that. Maybe that'll make me feel better. Uh, I, it, Scott Pilgrim is an amazing movie. Uh, Baby Driver. Holy shit. So I went into Last Night in Soho pretty much blind. I saw, like, one preview, and it gave me more questions than answers. 
So uh, I went in to go see last night in Soho, and oh my God, one of my one of the one of my favorite movies of the year. Really? It's like in the top five right now. It's not beating Werewolves Within and Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, but oh man, incredible film. Uh, the visuals are amazing. The plot is really a, a, a real twisting plot, keeps you guessing. The soundtrack is, of course, incredible. It kind of fucks with you because what the soundtrack does is it gets some songs from like the 80s and the 90s and they do covers which make them sound exactly like songs that came out in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. So it took a while for me to like, they'll be in London and they'll be in London in the 60s and hey, everything's swinging 60s London and they'll be playing a song and it's like, wait a second, that's a song from the 80s. Like, what are they doing? It's kind of like what they do with Westworld because in the TV show Westworld, it's set in the Wild West, but every once in a while, the piano in the saloon will be playing like a like a Doors song or something, you know? Yeah. So they do that with the 60s. It's really good. And, uh, well, first off, I, I almost forgot to mention this. Uh, I, most of the time when I go to the movies, there's no one in the movies. I'll, I'll, so many times when I go to the movies... I, I see a film, because I live in a real small town in Oklahoma, so a lot of times I go to the movies, there's no one else in the theater. You kind of get used to that in this town, if you go to the movies a lot. And as I walked into the theater, I expected it to be empty, but no, there was a young couple doing it in the back row. Really? All right. Yep. And uh, I just kept walking and got my seat, and sat down, and uh, if I was of a different age, who knows what my reaction would be. But at this age in my life, my reaction was, as long as you're not moaning during the movie, I'm really excited to see this film. Yeah. You know? Do whatever the hell you want in the back row. That's what the back row is for. Just... Don't be distracting me. This is Edgar Wright we're talking about here, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to go tell the manager, I'm no rat, Agent Kuyan. And and if if it turned out to be a bad movie, you always got them to watch. Yeah, I got entertainment lined up just in case the movie sucks. So uh, the plot is basically this young woman who may or may not have powers... Comes, she might have uh, powers or she might be going insane. She uh, is from a small town in the middle of, I guess, fields or whatever in England. And she gets accepted to this uh, design fashion college in London. And she goes to London and she's right there, like in the middle of swinging London. And she wishes that she could, you know, live there in the 60s. And she can see ghosts see dead people or maybe she's just crazy like her dead mom anyway she starts seeing this woman in the 60s from her point of view and it becomes like a ghost story and there's a lot of twists as to 
who done it. It's like a supernatural uh, fantasy time travel ghost thing of a Bob. It's really yeah. great. And it took me a long time to realize that like she's renting this room in London from this cranky old woman. It took me so long to finally realize that was Diana Rigg. Yeah. And this was her last appearance right before she freaking died. Yeah. She did amazing in this. Nice and, timing, uh, Edgar. Yeah, right? She's incredible in this movie, and a large portion of the film rides on her. And, uh, goddamn, I wouldn't be surprised if this is nominated for some shit. And you Matt know? Smith, which yeah. I think is... You know, I, and that's part of the fun of watching a watching an Edgar Wright movie. Yeah. You know, to find more British talent that we ignore. Yeah. Yeah. But incredible movie, and I can't wait to see it again. Uh, really rewatchable, especially when you know what happens. You can look and see the like signs. Uh, a really wonderful film. Can't uh, uh, can't uh, recommend it enough. Last night in Soho, Edgar Wright. Be sure and see that before it disappears from theaters. That is my Steve Stubbs pick of the week. Next week, uh, I am watching the horror movie Antlers. I think I saw the preview once, so I'm kind of going blind into that one. And I'm finally watching Dune. Yeah. And I'm really excited to see what my thoughts are, especially since uh, I never read any of these goddamn books. I, I saw the original Dune once or twice. I'm going to have to rewatch that again this week and then go into Dune with that in my mind. And uh, I'm interested to see if I can watch this new Dune and have any idea what the fuck's happening. I, I am really curious because people are fucking raving about it. People which, are which shitting is themselves. fine because people were raving about... First off, okay... Any movie you see on a big screen is better than seeing it on a small screen. Just the whole going to a theater, getting popcorn, the whole ritual of it gives you a better outlook about the movie. Yeah. Okay? So it's always fun to go back to people like six months later and find yeah. out what they think of the movie then. Because I remember when Thor came out, people, oh, Thor, oh, oh, this is so good, oh. Then Captain America came out, and nobody was talking about Thor anymore. And if you would go back six months after and be like, hey, you saw Thor, didn't you? What did you think about it? It was okay. Yeah. So I'm expecting that. I mean, it's a beautiful movie, seeing it on the big screen. I mean, if if I got to give it one thing, I got to give it that. And... Like, that's all I hear people reacting to. I heard somebody say it was great and mention the sound design. Okay? So it's like, okay, okay. It's kind of funny how you're not talking about the plot. You're not talking about any of the actors or any of the performances. This is a crap movie. 
sorry. Yeah. I'm really excited to see it. I'm really excited to see what I have to say. I, I really want to. I really want put everything I've said out of out of my out of your mind. I really want to hear your reaction to this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm also a big fan of Zendaya. I'm not sure if you know this, Bunny, but Zendaya yeah. is Michi. And LeBron James is Gwangi. Is Michi? It, 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 it's, a, it's a thing. It, it's a, it, it would take a long time to explain. So next week, finally watching Dune. Really excited about that. Uh, and yeah, so join us next week for some more up-to-date movie reviews with Steve Stubbs of the Week. And cut on that. I I keep making my sign appear and disappear, and I'm having a real fun time with it. There's the sign. There's the sign. Yeah. Oof, it's gone. What? It's back. I, uh, this might be... This is a good sign that I'm high because I'm really having fun playing with the green That's screen. That is some David Copperfield shit right there. Yeah, it's friggin' magical. Bunny. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting, pulse-pounding, heart-stopping, scrotum-clenching installment of everyone's favorite podcast segment, Bunny Versus? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you ready? Are you revved up? Are you ready to go, Bunny? Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Well, without any further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. I just want to take this opportunity to say thank you, Mr. Biden. Thank you for doing the bare fucking minimum. You're a hero. You really, really are. I want off this planet. I want off this planet so bad. I wish I had a nickel for every time I've seen someone online say, you know what Biden's done? Not since FDR. Like, okay. You can stop right there. I don't care. I do not care. Because for every good thing that Biden does... There are some really horrible things that he's also doing. There's more kids in cages under Biden than there ever was for Trump. Uh, 60% of Americans believe in, you know, uh, police training, police refocusing, making sure, you know, diverting money from the police force and using that for other things like uh, mental health and all of these sort of things, and Biden's just like, yeah, fuck you, I'm gonna give more money to the police, more money to the military, more money to ICE, I'm gonna make sure there's more ICE out there, like, uh, and, oh, did you hear? Congress has said that uh, the U.S. government actually did nothing wrong when they accidentally drone-struck the wrong house, killing an entire family. Yeah, the Congress has, has looked into it. Yeah. And has discovered that the government did nothing wrong and everything's fine. So there you go. Hooray for Biden. He's a hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I follow a wonderful Twitter account, uh, Holding Biden Accountable. And it's run by Democrats. And it's like, hey, we're Democrats. We voted for Biden. Here's the important <coughs> thing. Uh, <coughs> we can't just say hooray by, uh, 
everything Biden does is wonderful. Hooray, he's our hero. Like, we need to hold his feet to the fucking fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. And the propaganda, propaganda is starting to come out about how, how all the good stuff that was in the bill and all that. And like, ooh, look what he did because they passed the bill. Um, yeah. And, and it, first off, all the numbers they're showing are no... For, okay, first off, we're only talking about ten or so items that yeah. they managed to do in the bill. And all the numbers that they're giving is is for a ten year period. This was a budget for for ten years. So you look at a number and you go, Wow, seventy billion for renewable energies you know and it's like first off, even at seven billion that's crap. Yeah. Seventy billion for that, that's horrible. But in reality, we're only talking about seven billion a year. You know, like the military yeah. budget can drop that shit on the floor, and we can pay for it. No, this is shit. This is shit, and the Republicans had nothing to fucking do with it. This is a total and complete. Democrat fuck up all by themselves. They have the majority and this is what happens. Yeah, like Nothing. what's the point what's the point of American politics if Republicans are in charge and Republicans decide what laws happen when a Republican president is in power and when a Democratic president is in power, Republicans are still in power and are deciding all of our laws. Yeah. Then what's the point of any of this? Yeah. And it's like, hey, we believe in Obama. We believe in his politics. Great. One old white guy in, yeah. like, the Senate or the Congress can stop everything he wants to do. Yeah. And I'm what? fucking pissed off at the progressives, too, because they fucking rolled over and showed their bellies when they could have been tough. I, 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 you know, Bernie, I love what you say. But until you actually do something, shut the fuck up and leave me alone. It's, it's upsetting to me because we all agreed before the election that, like, look, we didn't want Biden as our nominee, but we got him. And the important thing is just defeating Trump. So we're just going to all vote for Biden and defeat Trump. And then once Biden's in office, we will all hold him accountable and make sure that he passes the laws that we want to get passed. And then once he got elected, apparently everyone is just like, oh, my God, I'm so happy that we got rid of Trump that anything Biden does is great. All hail Biden. I saw yeah. someone online that posted an image of Biden walking in slow motion and then behind him, giant eagle's wings appear. And it's like, what the fuck is this? A Leonard Skinner concert? This is the type of embarrassing shit that people would draw about Trump, like, oh, here's exactly, Trump exactly. riding a this horse, is the same holding Trump a ass bullshit. Yeah, here's a picture of Trump riding a horse with wings, and he's holding a, a sword on fire. And and the Democrats were like, oh my god, that's so embarrassing. And it's like, oh my god, Biden's the hero. Let's draw him all in gold, 
defeating uh, robots and like it it's all fucked up is what it is you know <clears throat> i'm and not against biden i just really what do you think would have happened if donald trump fell asleep in the climate conference oh my god nobody it it the republicans would have cheered it huh Republicans would have cheered that shit. Yeah. Biden falls asleep in the fucking conference. Which also, as, as even as the world, we are just not going to do anything about this. But that's yeah. a different story. Biden falls asleep in the middle of it. Nobody has anything to say. Yeah. Nothing. It's, uh... Yeah, it's all sorts of fucked up. Yeah, it's uh, it's blue maga. Yeah, I'm not it's the anti. Same shit. It's the same I'm... shit. Our guys yeah. in charge putting kids in cages is cool again. I'm not anti Biden. I just think that we need to hold him accountable. There are so many things that he promised that we're not going to get. Yeah, and it's it's fucked up that Joe Biden still thinks that like I'm a president for everyone. I'm going to reach across the aisle. I'm going to go for bipartisanship. And it's like there is no bipartisanship when there's one group that wants to help people and another one that's opening, openly calling for civil war. Yes. There's no bipartisanship with these people. Uh-huh. Stop sabotaging uh, the government just because you want to reach out to the people who think you're eating babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck. It is. It's like, it's like great. Everybody wanted a breather. This was the fucking big thing I was hearing in the election. Oh, we vote for, 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 for. At least we'll get a breather. Okay. Breather's over, dudes. We lose the majority in 2022. Yeah. And then we're back into a full blown fascist fucking state in 2024. And. Nobody's done anything. Great, awesome. You've had your breather. Yeah. Trying to make sure the sign is more presentable. Uh. So. I, I mean, I'm in a I'm in a place I'm in a weird place where like. I get really angry about it, at the same time not caring. Yeah. You know, because like. Up and down the line, you're all fucking lying to us. Why vote? I'm just sick of old straight Whatever white men. Whatever you say men. you're gonna do, you're not gonna do. Why? Why? Why would I bother voting? Yeah. At all. I'm just really sick of old straight white men being in charge of our uh, government. And it's like, oh no, our nation is in crisis yet again. I know. What if we elect a freaking 79-year-old white man to be in charge of our government? That'll be a change. Like, fucking, can we stop electing these old fucking farts? Donald Trump was fucking old, too. Yeah. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. That's the hardest thing in the world, and I passed it. <laughs> I mean, I'm going back to my political philosophy 
when it when it was Obama Romney in that race. It's like yeah. the only real way to decide this was by height, and that's what I'm going back to, because that's the only thing that fucking matters. I knew Obama was gonna win just on the basis of. We're never going to have a president with the first name Mitt. Yeah. Like, yeah. what the fuck? That's weird. That is really weird. Uh, so, yeah. A little bit higher than I thought I would be. But that's fine. I'm working on it, dude. I'm working on it. I know. Got my joint right here. Yeah. I always take a shower. I always take a bath right before the podcast, so my hair always looks. Uh, I call it Seth Rollinsy. Yeah. What's up, honey? I'll deal with the sand during the break. Okay. How you feeling? I mean, you're walking around. That's a big step. Yeah. That was also a really long, drawn-out, yeah. 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 Still, getting Still getting nauseous. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Uh, so, yeah, my whole family has been sick. No, not the entire family. Eleanor got sick. And then Eleanor started feeling better, and then Maxwell got sick. And then Eleanor and Maxwell were sick. But we did get... Uh, tested and there's no COVID for these kids which I was it, it, it's really fucked up that how for, for how long now we're all going to be playing the same game regular sicker COVID yeah is a game we are all going to be playing for quite some time it, and it, it, it's like oh no Maxwell's really sick he's vomiting is it the COVID or also don't forget People just get sick, so it's 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 a real fucked up line to play. Now every, now the kids are getting better, but Natasha's feeling sick, my wife, and so that's fun. Uh, what I said was is that it, my wife is probably just having an adverse effect to the microchip that Bill Gates put in her. Yes. You know, it just happens. Yes. Who's Bill Gates? He's the inventor of Gates. He also invented windows. If you ever see through a window, you have Bill Gates to think about that. That's why a lot of times when you look out of a window, you see a gate. Yeah, now you've learned. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! So yeah, that's been my week. I've been avoiding uh, getting sick. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and then a lot of like usually halfway through the night, Eleanor starts screaming, and we have to get Eleanor and bring them to our bedroom. And so every night I end up sleeping next to someone who, every twenty minutes, is coughing directly into my face. I am avoiding getting sick, like. Neo of dodging the bullets. Yes. So, so far I haven't gotten sick. Yay! But it, it's only a matter of time. 
but so far I am fine. And that has been my week. Oh, it's been great going to the movies because it's just nice to get out of the house, get get out of the constant coughing yeah. and possibility of retching. And it's like, oh my god, I'm in a theater with popcorn and there's not a kid coughing in my face every five seconds. Hooray! Here is a here is a fun uh, a sneak peek at a video I'll be doing on my kid-friendly YouTube channel this week. Amber went to the store and bought me something, and I'll be trying it this week, and I'm really excited to do this video. I'm going to record it tomorrow. I'm not sure when I'll put it up, but pumpkin spice ramen! Okay. I have never had a pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks. I did on accident. I've, on accident? I wanted to try a salsa caramel to branch out, right? They yeah. They gave me my drink. They accidentally gave me a pumpkin spice. So I tried it. It was as disgusting as I imagined. Huh. And then I tried the salted caramel, and it was also disgusting. So I had two drinks that night huh. that I did not want. Yeah, I've never had a drink of a pumpkin spice anything. I, I, I don't like pumpkin pie to begin with. I like pumpkin pie. So I don't I, like cinnamon very much. Yeah, I I'm, also I'm don't like the cinnamon. Fan. Yeah, but so I've never tried pumpkin spice flavored anything, but I, so I'm really excited to do the pumpkin spice cup o' noodles. Uh, for the sauciest pumpkin spice, follow the directions on the cup. Okay. So limited edition. I got the well, limited edition ramen a, noodles. Being a novice, you might not want the sauciest then. I absolutely want the sauciest. What are you talking about? I'm a saucy guy. I need a saucy cup of noodles. Uh, I would just like to take this time to say that this is my absolute favorite day in the world. This is the greatest and best day I've ever had. For the sole reason of my wife is walking around in underwear. <laughs> so this is the greatest and best day of my life. So anyway, that's been my week. How are you doing, Bunny? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, finished, finished the first part of episode two of Dabney, and it nice. came out truly horrible. I don't know what really? the fuck went wrong. And it took fucking forever to render. Oh, it took like yeah. Five days. Jesus. It took forever. So I was like, you know, so in the downtime, I, I could play around with my, like, 2D puppets and do yeah. some things with them. So I've been having some fun with that. I, I have. Something that's definitely going to be finished for QAnon Karen. Nice. Because uh, you know she's in love with QAnon Shaman. That is a match oh, yeah. in heaven. Absolutely. So she's going to basically sing the praises of QAnon Shaman. It the thing that the thing that gets me is that so many Republicans are like, "Oh, the, the uh, January six was a was a false flag. That was obviously Antifa and Black Lives Matter, far leftists who infiltrated the the. It, it, it's obvious that Republicans and Trump supporters were not the people 
who were responsible for January 6th. Yeah. And it's like, everyone was live streaming that. Yeah, we, were, we, we watched you assholes leading up to it. You fucking sold t-shirts. Yeah, like, it's fucking ridiculous that you can even say that with a straight face when literally every one of you were, like, live streaming and live tweeting your, uh, John here, lifelong Trump fan, this is, uh, video seven, I'm assaulting a cop now, I love Donald Trump, and I love America, and the flag, and freedom, and I'm a Republican, and we need to get rid of the blacks and the Jews, and then people are like, oh, he was obviously a leftist, like, what the fuck? Yeah, right? We yeah. know you're fucking, like... I I hope you're lying, because if you actually believe the shit you're saying, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Yeah. So, how excited are you, Bonnie, that JFK Jr. is back alive? Uh, well, he was over the other night. Um, dude really kind of smells. You know? And... Yeah. Pieces will occasionally fall off of him. So he has yeah. a personal assistant that comes with him everywhere he goes with a hot glue gun. You know? And I can't we're tell you how parts many times on him. I like that. we're trying to have a conversation and it got interrupted so they could hot glue gun his dick back on. Yeah. Falling off. Hate uh, that. Hate it when that happens. He he had some interesting political commentary. Uh, my I I I I wrote a bit down and I, so I can quote him and quote him directly uh, when asked about like current affairs and he he really had this to say and I I felt really kind of touched by it. He's yeah. Like, and I was like, wow. You know, it's so bad that he died, and George went under with wisdom and, and clarity like that. Yeah, I can't believe that JFK Jr just appeared in Dallas this week and he's like, yes, I am alive. And I am Donald Trump's new vice president. And also my best friend, Bigfoot. We've been yeah. living in the woods together and that's not all. We're in love. And then they just go down on each other. Yeah. It was the weirdest, it was the craziest <coughs> thing. And then Andy Kaufman was there, and he was just a skeleton. <laughs> and and that was surprising. And, yeah, that was the night that the skeletons came to life. The bones are their money. Yeah. And so are the worms. That's why they're coming out to get their bones on you. The skeletons will pull your hair up, but not out. If they pull it out, they turn to bones. True. Which makes total sense. True. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's politics for you. Fucking... And then Biden is trying to reach across the aisle to these people. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like if everyone on The View was trying to be super nice to Meghan McCain. Yes. Like, no. They're batshit crazy. Put them in the corner. <laughs> fuck. I can't wait to talk about this week's movie. I'm really excited to hear what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because this, 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 ah. Huh? I, I, I just can't. I just can't wait to talk about this week's movie. I have a lot to say about this week's movie. Oh, and I've got a bit uh, of a. Uh, I'm pretty high now. I. It was good. It was a good movie. It was an interesting movie. I would say everybody needs to see this movie. It's incredible. Whether it is you inc- see it again or not, like let's let's save it. Let's yeah. save it. Yeah, let's, we'll let's save it. Take a break and get on over there. So, yes. So, but while we were talking, yes, JFK. He said, "Another amazing thing that and happened." This I week. looked at him and I said, plainly and clearly, "Self-adhesive tape." Yes, please. I before before we cut, I just want to say this. I, I I also can't believe that JFK came back to life this week. But uh, what shocked the world is that you remember that movie Death Becomes Her. Yeah. So JFK comes back to life, and like half of his head is missing. <laughs> There's a big hole. Yeah. Right here in his skull, <laughs> and then JFK is like, "Hey, I heard you." Named a airport after me. This whole airport is mine now. Yeah. <laughs> I own this airport. I own everything in it. And then he started just flying all the airplanes and crashing them. <laughs> and they're like, "This is my airplane. This is my airplane. What's that? A Sabaros? That's mine now." <laughs> it, it was crazy. And the whole time, like bits of brain are falling out of his hole. It was incredible. He is such a hero. Yeah. Despite being Catholic. <laughs> I love the fact that Catholic used to be like a horrible thing. That like, yeah. what? A president that's Catholic? Yeah. That that was the thing that was going too far. And now America's like, so yeah, what if... Still, but it was still the same thing. You know, yeah. you just have to take a bit of a deeper dive to uncover the crazy. Because yeah. if you vote in a Catholic, then he's just going to do whatever the Pope tells him to do. So yeah. then the Pope yeah. would actually be running the country. It's the same bullshit. Yeah. The same weird-ass, where the fuck did you get that idea crap? Yeah. Camera keeps flashing, or maybe I'm just really high. 
I'm seeing it, but I don't think anyone... Oh, yeah, no, you can see it on the stream. I wonder what's happening. I'm starting to camera. see it, like, right now. Okay. Stop, camera. Camera, stop. Okay. I'll, it, I'll it, unplug it and plug it back in when we when we go on the break. Okay, we can go on the break now. It can't be. It can't be. It can't be an, an effect of some sort in it because like, it's kind of cool looking. It is kind of cool looking. It, 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 yeah, it's kind of cool. Well, because it's also not interrupting you. It's flashing, yeah. but like, you're still streaming solid. Yeah. Flashing lights warning! Flashing lights warning! So I, I'm yeah. kind of suspecting it could even possibly be a filter set or something like that. I think I Because if there was a filter, I'd use it like that. Yeah. I think but I anyway, something he's a tape and cut cut on that. Cut on that. Funny! Yes! <laughs> we still have a movie to get to, a movie to discuss. Also, I've got a bit of a game. Damn, we this? barely escaped the last segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a good one, though. It was a good one. I've got a bit of a game for us to play, so bring your creative mind. Uh, I came up with a sequel idea that I'm really excited about, plus we're going to play a game. But before we do any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. Okay. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after these commercial messages. Skiddy-bop-a-doo-wow and break! Montage, montage, disco montage, it's a montage, we're cleaning up the streets, we're getting people with wife beaters, asking them questions, in an alleyway, I'm wearing a peach colored suit, and everything's cool, it's a montage, a disco montage. Is that a jeepney? That's weird. It's a montage. Here's my business card. It's a montage. A disco montage. We are cleaning up the streets. We're whacking the attack. And sometimes we're attacking the whack. And sometimes it's a whack attack. Because we don't have a coherent catchphrase yet for what we are doing. Maybe we should get some better publicity. Maybe hire somebody to do this stuff to figure out what we should call this. Maybe we can do that in our montage. Kung Fu montage. We're talking to drunk people. That might... I think that's MC Hammer now. MC Hammer's drunk. He is drunk in a hallway. 
We're walking past pawn shops in our montage. A kung fu montage. Disco Godfather and a guy with an afro. A really impressive afro in a montage. Walking down to something. Not really steps, but maybe that is a thing. And this guy's got a briefcase. And he's got his ad a pipe. Oh, I don't know what he's doing. He's signing a piece of paper in a montage. Smokey the Bear montage. They are walking down the streets with some fine ladies in a montage. Beating up random people that they see on the street. Got real big glasses. See somebody beating up people doing real bad kung fu. Getting some guy Grabbing him by the sweater Slapping him Across the face His sweaty face In a montage I've got a dog montage Since 1927 The American Optics Eyeglass Corporation Has had one central goal To provide Hot class High-quality eyewear. The hot-ass chicks disguised as nervous bookworms. Whether it's Anne Hathaway from The Princess Diaries, Rachel Lee Cook in She's All That, or Mothra in Destroy All Monsters, the American Optics Eyeglass Corporation is there to further a sexist film trope for cash. Do you know the 1957 Humphrey Bogart classic film The Big Sleep? In that film, Lauren Bacall is a nerdish bookworm with glasses. And who made those glasses? We did. The American Optics Eyeglass Corporation. You're not attractive, you wear glasses. Hi everybody. My name is Steve, and today we're going to be writing songs for people, random people, at the Home Depot. Hope you like it. Check out my hair, my hair is awesome. Check out my hair, my hair is awesome. Uh. I'm showing off in a red shirt. I'm showing off in a red shirt. Check me out, I am really awesome and I'm showing off in a red shirt. Lady getting something from the trunk, no way does she have her stuff. Did she drop something? No, she's picking up trash, picking up trash that's on the street. Picking up trash, trash lady. I want to do you all night long. I am normal, I am normal, conform, conform, I am normal, check out my shirt. I love khaki shorts, and I'm secretly in love with my best friend, and my khaki shorts. Getting in the van, getting in the van, driving away, driving away, driving away in my van. I'm scared. Are you scared? I'm, I'm really, really scared. Scared.
movie almost feels like a silent film at times because there's there's the first half hour there's so little dialogue and I love this trailer because it shows so little it shows just enough to really confuse you Show this preview to my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, it's Icelandic Nick Offerman. But like Icelandic Nick Offerman. Oh, I want that baby. Like a doll that I can just carry around and pretend is my baby. This fall, from the people who brought you things and stuff, comes a thing. In a world where sheep are sheep. Oh, I'm so excited that, that we're doing this movie. I'm so excited that we're doing this movie. This movie so much. She has a dragon. Okay. Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to scat casually stroll 
our way into finally and eventually discussing our low-fat, high-fiber, made-with-real-fruit juice and a important part of a healthy, balanced breakfast movie of the week. And this week, A24 has done it again with yet another eerie, atmospheric, haunting, and above all, batshit insane film. The 2021 Icelandic something film called Lamb. And before we get uh, into the discussion at all, I just wanted to pull up a tweet that I saw just a few days ago that I fell in love with. Here it is. It's by Twitter user at Sarah Rose Edder. And she tweeted, watched Lamb last night and can't stop thinking about the fact that the Icelandic government heard about this insane movie and said, here, take our money. We will back this tale of a lamb-human hybrid child with a harrowing twist. Like, that's the government I want is what I'm saying. Okay. And that really does sum it up. I want a government that will back this film. That is fascinating. Fun fact, a lamb is currently the highest grossing Icelandic film ever of all time. Yeah. And it is just... Yeah, how many there? (laughs) Not a lot. Not a lot. But there is another one that we will be talking about later that I cannot wait to... Well, there was this. There was Hans Brinker and the Silver Skates. And... And... And Heidi, would Heidi qualify? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Well, okay, so right off the bat, uh, I don't know if I would call this a horror film. Really? Yeah. No. I wouldn't call it a horror film. I don't know what I would call it. Maybe a thriller? I would call it an art film. Yeah, an art film, an Icelandic surrealist drama slash parable, but I wouldn't call it a horror film. Yeah. There's not a lot of dialogue in the beginning of the film. In the first 30 minutes, I don't think there are 30 sentences spoken. Okay, now, now, how far are we going to go to spoiling this movie? Because I, I don't know how the fuck to talk about it. Yeah. Because, like, Good the point. big reveal is is all through the movie. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. In the beginning of the film, the POV that you're seeing suggests the big reveal at the end. Yeah. Yeah. We will eventually get into Spoiler Town. I just don't want to get into Spoiler Town yet. But I love this movie uh, very much. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. It's currently around number five, maybe number six. Uh, unlike other years, I have been working on my list of the best movies of 2021. All year, I have been working on it. Yeah. And it, I've gone <coughs> into different itinerations of, of, of what the list is. I had to redo everything once I realized that Psycho Gorman came out in the beginning of the year. Really? 
I'm like, shit, it came out right in, like, January 1st or some shit. And it's like, fuck, that throws everything off. And then, and, and unlike, uh, there have been other times when I've made my favorite movies of the year lists. And I've put movies on the list that I think are amazing and wonderful, that I absolutely love, but that I've barely seen since. So I, this year I'm really thinking of like, yes, The Green Knight is an amazing movie, a fantastic movie. It's beautiful. It's mind-bending. It's mind-blowing. And it's a work of art. But I'll see nobody ten times more than I'll ever see The Green Knight. Yeah. So how do I rank nobody in The Green Knight in that ranking. Yes, The Green Knight is amazing, but I'm going to see Bob Oden, uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk have a fight on a bus a lot more than I'm going to see this beautiful art film. Yeah. So, I, I've been having a hard time making the list, but right now it's at number six. Right after The Night House and right before Saint Maud, which is a wonderful fucked up film that I also fell in love with this. Really? Year. Yeah. Okay. It's really fucked up and simple, and oh, the ending is just so... I fucking love it. I'm not sure where to put the Suicide Squad, because I will watch that a million times, but it, is it one of my favorite movies of the year? How does it rank next to all of those beautiful artsy films? I, I'm having a hard time this year. Yeah. Uh, it... Uh, you know what? Fucking, let's just... Okay, funny. Without yes. spoiling the ending, this might be rough. But oh, there is no way I can synopsize this. Can you hit us with the plot of this week's film? I think I can do a pretty good job of it. I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to have to reveal the... Well, but you kind of you said it in the tweet there already. Well, anyway. Huh? So, it is a man and a woman, and a husband, you know, a man and a woman, husband and wife, living on this farm, way out there in Iceland. Like, you can't see another house. Yeah. You know, it all feels very, very isolated. Yeah. You know, and it is often what? I said yes. And it's often raining. Yeah. Um, very foggy. It's it's very dismal. So just, foggy, just, you, you apparently have a hard time finding your way back home. Yeah. Very atmospheric, so that was kind of nice. Um, and you just, for like a half hour, you just kind of watch their lives. At times, what it felt like was, uh, The Sims Reykjavik. Yeah. Like some sort of a new Sims downloadable content where, yes. hey, we've created an all-new, uh, game of The Sims where you can control a farm in Iceland. And you're just watching your characters just, like, do nothing not yeah. talk to each other. One thing that, that with repeat watching I have picked up on is they're not talking to each other at all in the opening. 
in the first half hour. There's like nothing happening and they're cold to each other and distant and they're not really talking. And the reason is because later in the film, uh, some characters do visit a little graveyard. They had a kid at one point. Yeah. That kid died and now they are very cold and distant to each other. And so when this fucking creature appears, they just decide to raise it as their own because they have this hole inside of them. And their relationship improves greatly once they have a kid, but it's not a fucking kid. And I think well, that well, a good yeah. well, that's of the, the thing is, is there is, is, there, a, there is a bit that you can read into in this movie. You know, and they're kind of sort of fun, kind of sort of vague, you know? Uh, I think other movies have done it. Like, I I would prefer to go back to Lighthouse than watch this again. Uh, uh... You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not bad. I think everybody should give it a watch. You know? It's an incredible film. I love it. It Uh, gave the entire... I found the effect pretty intriguing. Yeah. Uh, Although they cheaped out most of the time. Yeah. Uh, And I think one of the reasons why I love the film so much, and so much more, I dare say, is because, you know, seeing it in the theater, it hit just like Midsommar did and The Lighthouse did when I saw that for the first time. You know, because it's atmospheric and dark and moody and kind of funny and altogether unsettling. And, you know, watching, going to see the movie The Lighthouse and going to see the movie Lamb, I felt the exact same way where I'm going, driving to the movie going, I don't know what the fuck this film is going to be. And I'm sitting down watching the previews going, I don't know what the fuck this movie is going to be. And halfway through the film, I'm still like, I don't know what the fuck this movie is. Yeah. And it's very rare that I see a movie and then once I'm done, once the credits are rolling, I'm on my phone looking up Wikipedia so I can read the plot, so I can have a better understanding of what the fuck I just watched on the screen. Yeah. That doesn't happen a lot because, especially in America, where they just dumb everything down for the audience. Yeah. It's so nice to see a film where it's like the credits are rolling and I'm like, wait, I have no idea what the fuck that was. <laughs> I'm going to need to see this again. And there's big stretches where like nothing happens and it just gives me a real creepy vibe. And it it put it made me feel like the first time I saw Midsommar and the first time that I saw The Lighthouse, just this sense of like, what the hell is this, you know? Yeah, yeah I got the glow. I got the glow coming from a window. I'm getting that angelic. You know, I really like that. It's going to be lost on people listening to this on Stitcher (laughs) or the iHeartRadio app. But the people who are watching the feed on the Twitch, uh, there's a light coming through the window, and I look angelic. So uh, let me tell you, you know what this felt like? It felt like a gritty reboot of a Grimm's fairy tale. Yes. It felt like one of the things. An oldest landic story. 
Is yeah. It? Not that I is it. <laughs> I, the, yeah, that's what I thought was like when the movie ended. I was like, is this based on some Icelandic parable that like yeah. Icelandic kids know, but that I don't fucking know? Is this? Uh, Don't get getting too in... close to the farm animals, or you know. Yeah, like I told Natasha the plot of this story, and the first thing that Natasha said was, "So did the husband fuck the goat?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, this is not a who fucked the goat mystery film." Although it kind of is, now that I've seen it a couple of times. Do we know that but he didn't? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. See, like I say, there's plenty of room for speculation. Yeah. I go with they were nuts, and they thought this lamb was, was an actual kid. But, can, but there's, there's reason to believe other things. So yeah. it is kind of fun to play with. Yeah. But it, this movie, I think, could have been a lot shorter. Oh, yeah. No, it probably could have. Let me tell you, one thing that I did relate to this film, uh, I related to this film a a wee bit, when you learn that the husband has an older brother that's a real fucking piece of shit. Yeah. I related to that. Oh, here comes the here comes the cool douchebag older brother that owes money to people and is wearing a leather jacket and is uh, kind of an asshole. I that that part kind of spoke to me. Yeah, that spoke to me a little bit. Uh, yeah, that that really I related to that. Okay, so so here's some things about my life growing up as the youngest of a family of two kids. Number one, my brother called Lifetime Heads. When it comes to flipping a coin, yeah. he picked Lifetime Heads. I'm going to be heads for the rest of for the rest of our lives. I called Lifetime Heads. Like, you can't call Lifetime Heads. And then he also, and this still like righteously pisses me off. My brother called uh, Lifetime Mario. If we're ever playing a Super Mario Brothers game together, He's always Mario for the rest of his life. Okay. Who the fuck does that? So for the rest of for the so for the remainder of my life, I have to be Luigi. And it gets to the point where like here I am now and I and like, like I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 40s. Hey, dad, we're going to play a game. Who do you want to be? And it's like I want to be Luigi. Because I'm lifetime Luigi. And I mentioned this on Twitter, and my brother, being the douchebag that he is, he 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 tweeted back, "I hereby relinquish you." And it's like, fuck off, fuck off. Hey, bunny. Speaking of douchebags, I I recently was uh, I I recently started taking medicine for for bipolar, so um, you know I'm gonna do. More a book, more a book, and I'm going to do for bipolar what uh, Stern did for autobiographies. Okay, I need you to know that. That is going to rock the world of every bipolar person in the world. That is my wife's personal opinion, and is in no way related to anything whatsoever. 
some other things that my brother did. Uh, he once punted me. Yes. Uh, my uh, parents, my mom had a relative over, and they had just picked us up from school, and we were heading to the house, and right before we got to the house, my mom is like, hey, maybe we should go get some Dairy Queen. You kids want some Dairy Queen? And my brother, who must have been like 12 at the time, and I was like, maybe like eight. My brother's like, I want to get ice cream. And I'm like, no, I want to go home because Gumby's about to be on. Yeah. And I had priorities. Sure, getting Dairy Queen would be nice, but Gumby, I don't want to miss Gumby. So my mom said, okay, I'm going to go with my relative and we're just going to get ice cream by ourselves. You kids don't get ice cream. Joe, you have to stay home and watch your brother while he watches Gumby. So I, so my brother's all pissed off, but we just arrive at home and I run out of the car so I can go in front of the TV and watch Gumby. And when my brother finally got into the house uh, to watch me, he was so pissed off that he just did a running charge to me and kicked me as hard as he could like Charlie Brown trying to kick <coughs> the football out of Lucy's hand. Yeah. He did a running charge to me and kicked me so hard in the ribs that I got airborne and I landed across the room and I'm in pain and I'm crying and I run out of the house in pain trying to catch my mom who's about to drive off and I'm crying that like, Joe kicked me, he kicked me and I threw across the room and my parents being my parents, my mom went, Stevie, you don't have to lie. If you wanted Dairy Queen, you could have just said so. Get in the car. And my brother gets left at home while I get um, the freaking Dairy Queen. I probably had some broken ribs, but hey, I got ice cream. Nobody <laughs> believed me, but that's fine. My brother also repeatedly told me while I was a child that God is real. And this is how he comes up with people. Okay, so in heaven, he has an oven. And that's where he cooks all humans. And again, this is what my brother would repeatedly tell me when I was a very young child. He would say that um, if God cooked someone right, then the humans come out of the oven white. <laughs> but if your skin is darker, that's because God forgot you in the oven. And so you're burnt. Okay. And so all my life, my brother would repeatedly tell me that the reason why he was whiter than me is because God loved him more and God forgot about me, which is why my skin is brown. So I really related to the movie Lamb when the couple, the couple has like a real happy life and they're taking care of this monstrosity as if it's their own child who died and is uh, over by the, buried by the frickin' crick or whatever. And uh, suddenly, in breezes in the older brother who's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Hooray! That part really spoke to me. And, 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 okay, so he also tips the scale to the idea that it is just a lamb. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you, the scene where he gets the baby and a shotgun... That was one of the scariest moments I've had in a movie theater all year. Yeah. 
when I first saw that, I was just like, oh, no, 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 don't go over to the creek with the baby and a shotgun. The fuck is your problem? Yeah. Oh, that, that legitimately spooked me. I was rattled. I was yeah. discombobulated. But, like, like, okay, so you have crazy relatives in the outback of wherever you live. Yeah. And everything's okay, they're surviving, they can carry on coherent conversations and all that. But they think this lamb is their child. Yeah. How far would you push that? You know, I mean, like, like, alright, well, you know, I mean, people dress up their dogs all the fucking time. Oh, yeah, I'm a proud parent of three fur babies. Yeah. So, so, how far do you push it? And, and, and just like, fuck it, okay, I don't understand their lifestyle, but hey. That's how you can You're tell not that this. Anybody. That's how you can tell that this is an Icelandic film, because the brother comes and sits down, and it's time to eat, and then the lamb-human hybrid baby-child monstrosity comes in wearing a sweater and some fucking pants, and comes and sits down and eats with them, and looks human except for the head, and one arm's a human arm, and the other arm's just a freaking hoof, yeah. and. There's basically silence, and the brother just stares quietly and doesn't say a thing. You can tell this isn't an American movie because no one went, What the fuck? <laughs> the fuck is this? The fuck yeah. is this? What the fuck's your problem? That, like, no, there's just more silence. Yeah. Fucking incredible. God, I love this movie. Okay. Uh, spoiler territory for like the next five or ten minutes if you want to go into Lamb 100% spoiler free uh, uh, maybe leave and come back for a little bit I got a question Bunny uh, the woman in this movie is uh, Numi Rapace she was uh, the woman who gave herself an abortion in Prometheus Okay. Uh, she was the girl with the dragon tattoo and she was in one of the uh, Iron Man Sherlock Holmes's think the second one. Sherlock Holmes 2 Get Holmesier. Okay. I think. Uh, she's the woman who stars in this. This is the first time that she's ever been in a movie where she's speaking in this Icelandic language that, that she knows. Uh, if she hadn't put a bullet in the sheep's head, would a certain character have made it to the end of the movie? That's the question. A lot of silence. I am, I am not sure. I really hadn't thought of it at that I angle. Because I, I felt like those things were tied that like, oh, you're getting really sick of the mama lamb just bleating out of the window. You're getting yeah. really sick about that. You're screaming. You're screaming in the goddamn poster that I'm staring at right now on Twitch. And so finally, you decided. So, so basically, you. I think you are. Wow, I don't know if I could phrase this in a way that is not and, hysterical. An eye for an eye, and a lamb for a lamb. 
Right. So, so you are thinking that the mother lamb would not have come back from the grave to shoot her husband had she not escalated violence first. I don't think I don't think the mother lamb came back to life. No, I think that the 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 John Carpenter Halloween style POV that you see in the beginning of the film is some sort of half horny half man half lamb who finds a bunch of lambs in a in a shack and goes that one's sexy as fuck and then bangs her and then the and then that mama lamb gives birth to a half-human, half-lamb monstrosity, which this family, who has lost a child of their own, uh, take in as their own. But the mama lamb's like, hey, that's my baby. What the fuck are you doing with my baby? Hey, I want the baby back. And finally, the mom has had enough of it. So the mom fucking shoots. So the, the human mom shoots the lamb mom dead. And what happens at the end of the film is that dad comes back for the child. And it's like, shit, where's the woman I banged up? You killed her? Well, fuck it. I'm going to kill this motherfucker. And so that's how I see this film. That, like, so if the Numi Rapace, if the girl with the dragon tattoo hadn't shot the mom of her baby, then maybe when the dad comes back looking for the child, maybe he wouldn't have killed the husband. You following me there? I'm really proud of how well I described that despite being high as fuck. Yeah, yeah. I think I nailed it. Well, I did not realize that you were taking that take, and yes, that can all be read into the movie, which is definitely why you see this much more as a fairy tale. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas I am seeing a very delusional couple who are mistaken a real-life lamb that they helped birth as their own child. The yeah. the uncle is not the uncle is reacting the way he's reacting at the table. This is a lamb sitting at the fucking table. Yeah. As as much Who as might or might not be dressed up. Yeah. As much as the older brother is a piece of shit, he does have the right attitude towards this. And like, motherfucker, this is unnatural. And it was half lamb because they're deluding themselves that the lamb is a baby. But they're not able to see it fully as a baby because they're not quite that delusional. Yeah. There's a part of their brain saying, okay, it's a lamb. Yeah. And trying so, to remind them it's a lamb. But they so see a half lamb, half baby. Yeah. So here's my idea for a sequel. Okay? And it was the brother that came back and shot him because he wanted his wife. Yeah. He was a scumbag. He was an absolute scumbag, yeah. So but he, he was the sheep. Yeah. Or ram okay. or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so that's a good take, too. That they're just bad shit insane. Yeah. But here's my idea for a sequel. I call it Lamb to the College Years. The College Years, okay. Because the lamb grows up, and what? It's 18 now, and it's ready to party. And yeah. he wants to attend uh, 
a rowdy Icelandic college, the Icelandic Arizona State <laughs> University. But he needs to be a resident of Iceland, and now he doesn't have an address, so he goes back to live with his a human mom and pop, and he's just partying. Like teenage Groot, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, hey, Ada, clean this room. It's a mess. And he's like, fuck you. I'm half human, half lamb. You're a piece of shit. I'm going to keep playing my video game. And, and, and it's like, okay, half human, half lamb, we're leaving for two days. You better Are you not throw a party. in there? Yeah. You better not throw a party. It's like, hey, you can trust me. I'm a half human, half lamb. And then he throws a party, and he brings a bunch of other crazy-ass creatures. There's a couple of unicorns, Bigfoots doing uh, key bumps. You know? Okay. Fucking, uh, there's a centaur doing eight balls in the bathroom. Yeah. You know, just having a big asshole party. So that's my that's my idea for a sequel, Lamb to the College Years. Also, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. Were they watching Handball? Uh, yes. And there was a reference to Handball later on. Like, what the fuck? Like, they're getting drunk and, oh, it's time for the big game. And just, I assume that like, oh, these foreigners are getting excited to drink and watch a sporting event. It must be soccer, or I'm sorry, football. But yeah. then it turned out to be a fucking handball game? <laughs> what the fuck, Iceland, apparently? Because like, oh like man, we're gonna get drunk, <laughs> and I can't wait. Sports, Jeannie says. Yeah. I can't wait, it's time for the big game. Who's excited for this year's Highlight tournament? Like, what the fuck? You might just want to see people warm. <laughs> right? That, that, that's all they want to see. Hey, I have a quote about Iceland. People indoors. Oh. Hold on, incoming. Yeah, I have a quote about Iceland. So, okay. when, when my youngest son Spencer joined the Navy, after boot camp, he was stationed in Iceland. So he oh, went no to shit. Iceland for like a year. Yeah. Before he left, his uh, drill sergeant, whoever, somebody in charge, told him he'll probably come back married because there's a girl hiding behind every tree. He was joking. Did you see all the trees in the movie? Yeah. No. Behind <laughs> every tree. Are no trees. Yeah. Fuck. That's incredible. That's a great story. Thank you, Jeannie. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. I'm glad you're not sick anymore. (laughs) Anyway, I love this movie because it's unlike any other movie you'll see this year or ever. But I wanted to talk about... I I think if you like art films, you owe it to yourself to watch this at least once. And I have. I I don't see really a need to revisit it. Uh, I love this movie so much. Why? Uh, because it's it, it it's unsettling in a way that movies don't do for you. Totally so many movies are just like, so many uh, he, movies are just no, like. He totally saw a different movie. Yeah, I saw really a completely different movie than what you saw, apparently. Which is the one of an art film. Yeah, that's what happens in art films. You yeah. watch a Joe Dorowski movie that what I see 
might not be what you see, even though we saw the same thing. Yeah. So just the I, fact, just the fact that we've kind of laid out pretty clearly that we what, both saw what, different movies. Yeah. That were the know, same movie. If you like art films, it's worth a watch. It's yeah, very I much saw it. worth a watch. Yeah. I just don't see... Uh, again, like I said, I would rather go back to Lighthouse. Yeah. And I saw a Twisted Fairy Tale. Huh? I saw a Twisted Fairy Tale about a you couple... You totally saw uh, a Twisted Fairy Tale. Yeah. Yeah. Which is totally different from what you saw. Yeah. But, see, but I, I wanted... I could, could kind of see that. It just wasn't really yeah. the movie I was watching. Yeah. You know, so like like you you telling me that, I'm not finding it terribly surprising. You know? But that is a good art film. Yeah. The camera is glitching. The camera's glitching? Yeah, it's not it's not doing it all the time, but every once in a while it'll start glitching. But then Bunny said that it was cool because uh It just looks cool. Yeah, it just it, it the the weird thing is is that the sound is fine and the picture is fine. I'm still coming through, but it starts glitching like it's a VHS tape and Bunny actually thinks it's kind of cool. I think it has to do with the cord in the back cuz sometimes Well, I'll it also it. makes me suspect that maybe it's some kind of a filter. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of what? badass, I don't know. but Yeah, I I will move the cord in the back and sometimes it'll work a little bit better, but it's 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 something to think about. It's something to call them and be like, give me a new camera, bitch. About. Yeah. But, Bunny, I wanted to finish this episode of the podcast talking about something sort of lamb-adjacent. Okay. So, the director is a guy named Vladimir Johansson. He directed Lamb and co-wrote the film. It was his, it was his directorial debut but he co-wrote the film with a, a guy named Jason, J-S-O-N, one word, like an Icelandic share. Yeah. J Jason is a musician and a novelist and a playwright and a screenwriter and a poet, sort of a modern Renaissance man, really. And Jason frequently works and collaborates with noted uh, Icelandic singer Bjork and I personally feel that anyone who works with Bjork and somehow survives should get like a medal or something or at least a muffin basket because Bjork is crazy she is legitimately batshit insane do you remember in 1996 when she went all UFC on a reporter for no reason no oh it's one of my favorite things that Bjork ever did Human Behavior, which is a great song. It's Oh So Quiet, which is like a Broadway show tune, but written by Bjork. And then my third favorite thing that she did is when she went all UFC on a reporter for no reason whatsoever. She's come, she, she arrived in Bangkok. She's, she's doing a worldwide tour. She's all frazzled and, and like mentally fucked up. She arrives super late at night to a, a Bangkok airport and there are all these reporters taking pictures of her as she leaves and one female reporter just says like welcome to Bangkok and she fucking snaps and just Brock Lesnar's the shit out of some random fucking female reporter <laughs> there's, 
there's video all over YouTube and it's incredible because it's just tiny Bjork like, I am Bjork and I am here at the airport and oh, I'm a bit tired and frazzled and this tour really has me. Welcome to Bangkok. Fuck it. And she just charges this woman, takes her down, starts pulling her hair, trying to take her hair out. She wails on this motherfucker. And it's hilarious. Do you think that this was the first manifestation of her mutant powers? Possibly. Possibly. Because I think I'm getting the suspicion that Bjork would make a pretty interesting superhero. Or villain. Does he want to keep your... She wear a meat suit. Yeah. I like the swan outfit. The swan... Where she's wearing a giant swan. Yeah. So, anywho, S. So she, John. Can, so she can fight really bad. She she can fight like a badass, and and she can manifest different types of game animal on her skin. Nice. I like that. Right. I like, yeah. Okay, so Sajan, he's written a bunch of books, novels, he's written a bunch of poetry, a bunch of plays. Lamb is his second screenplay. And it's so funny that you, on your own, with absolutely no uh, help from me, you said, I like this movie, but I'd rather go back to The Lighthouse because he's currently writing his third screenplay. His next screenplay is apparently some sort of epic historical film. lighthouse he, <laughs> Yeah, he's co-writing it with Robert Eggers, who also wrote The Lighthouse. So all of this makes sense. Okay. Uh, but Sajan's first screenplay is what I want to talk to you about. Uh... Sajan's first screenplay that he wrote in it came out in 2009 or 2007 I'm not sure but way before Lamb was for an Icelandic horror film and I love this so much the title is The Reykjavik Whale Watching Massacre okay uh, in, when it was released in America, direct to DVD because of fucking course, uh, they gave it a different name. Harpooned! And then the subtitle was The Reykjavik Whale Watching Massacre. And basically, what, they, what he did was, what Sajan did is, what if there was an Iceland Texas Chainsaw Massacre? So this is basically Texas Chainsaw Massacre for Iceland. And uh, you might think, oh, this sounds insane. There is no way that this is an Icelandic Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ah! Uh, au, Au contraire, mon frere. Gunnar Hansen is from Iceland. He's in this fucking movie! <laughs> I didn't 
know Gunnar Hansen, who played Leatherface in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I didn't know he was from Iceland, but it makes sense. His name is Gunnar Hansen. Yeah. So he's in the film. He plays Captain Peter, the captain of the whaling ship. Basically, the plot is a an ethnically diverse group of tourists. There's an Asian guy. Here's some chicks from Germany. I don't know. Here's two Americans. They've gone to Iceland vacationing. They go to Reykjavik to do some whale watching. Oh, no, their boat stalls. They're trapped in the middle of the ocean or fucking whatever. Oh, here comes a boat. They'll save us. Ah, but Gunnar Hansen is the captain of this boat, and everyone's insane on the boat, and they slowly start killing people with fucking harpoons and axe picks. And it is literally an Icelandic version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Gunnar Hansen in it. And I just love this so much because I love the concept. The concept of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is such a famous... Oh, 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 oh. I I really love this. And, And I really need you to think hard about this, Bunny. I love the concept, which is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is so iconic that every country in America says, we need one. Yeah. So every country says, okay, we'll get a city that maybe not everyone knows. We'll get something that people do in this uh, part of the nation. And then we'll get some sort of twisted people to kill them off. And so every country makes their own Texas Chainsaw Massacres. Like, it would be pretty easy to do a Canadian one. The Ontario Maple Gathering Massacre. Yeah. Okay, so a bunch of tourists from America go to Canada, and they're in the woods, and they're getting uh, fresh maple from maple trees, and oh no, there's a storm. We need to get out of here. Oh no, we're lost in the woods. Here's a cabin. Maybe (laughs) there's someone there that can take us in. Boom, Twisted Canadians. Who's inside? Bob and Doug McKenzie, but they're also murderers. And then there's the entire film, the Canadian Maple Gathering Massacre. Or you could do, like, uh, the the Toronto Hockey Game Massacre. (laughs) You know? Oh, here's this one team fighting this other team, but the other team are murderers. And then they start picking them off in the dressing room. I don't know, the locker. Fucking, there you go. But, so I was thinking about, and here's my question to you. Can you think of any other countries? And what would their Texas Chainsaw Massacre be? But not Mexico, because I have that one. Down! But what other countries? How about this? How about this? Some well, Transylvania out- kind of had one. So, like, uh, like Hungary would sort of be out. Or whatever the yeah. hell Hungary is now. Uh... There has got to be something that would qualify from Japan. Okay, how about this? Uh, a group of high school teens are like, Hey, do you see this 
small ad in the paper? There's a new K-pop band that's performing. Oh. Let's go see them. Are you sure this is where they're playing? It seems really out in the middle of nowhere. No, this is what the ad said. So they go and see this K-pop band, but oh, they're K-pop murderers. So it's the South Korean K-pop massacre. <laughs> Just came up with that. That one's good. So here's the one I came up with for Mexico. And this is fucking gold. Okay? Okay. Okay. So American Border Patrol agents. They're all, they're all in these different uh, Border Patrol checkpoints all throughout the U.S.-Mexico border. But we're talking a job which is primarily men primarily white men, and if there's one thing that white men can be counted on to do, it's to fuck up. So, oh, this one guy over here, he has been getting too violent with some of the prisoners. Oh, we need to discipline him. This guy over here, he's getting way too handsy. We need to discipline him. This guy actually shot an innocent uh, woman. We need to get rid of him. So all of these different Border Patrol checkpoints, they keep instead of firing these people, uh, they basically Catholic church them, and yeah. they send them to this one remote border patrol post where not a lot of... There's no cities nearby. It's in the middle of nowhere, and not a lot of people illegally cross the border there. And so every border patrol agent who works there was kicked out of another border patrol checkpoint. And so they decide to go rogue and every time someone tries to illegally cross there, they kidnap them, they torture them, they rape them, they murder them. Yeah. And so nice. we follow a group of uh, Mexicans who are trying to illegally hop the border to get a better life in America, but they accidentally crossed in the wrong checkpoint, and the bad guy, instead of a twisted family, are twisted United States Border Patrol agents who are trying to kill them. Yeah. The Mexico border crossing massacre. I think that's a good idea. I came up yeah. with that about two hours ago, and I think that's fucking gold. <laughs> it is. But the problem yeah. with that, you know, I would watch that. The problem with that is that you couldn't film it in America because they wouldn't let you. Oh, no, the problem with that is that it's too realistic. Yeah, it's way too realistic. It's absolutely way too realistic. That's where the that's where the terror lies. It's just as realistic as uh, like having a half human, half lamb baby. Yeah. No, it is realistic. It is realistic. Also, you really should see lamb. Everyone should see lamb. That's amazing. Funny. I found the film. I downloaded the Reykjavik whale watching massacre. We're okay. not doing it next week. We're not doing it next week. I'm going to put it in my back pocket and just wait on that one. But okay. I've got it, and it's amazing. So just be prepared, because when you least expect it, I'm going to hit you with the Reykjavik whale-watching massacre, and we're going to be talking about Jason again. <laughs> and I'm really excited about that. And uh, just do yourself a favor. It, not just you, Bunny, but everyone who's watching. When, when you're done watching this or listening to it, uh, do yourself a favor. Head over to YouTube and just put, just type in Bjork Attacks Reporter, <laughs> and it will pop up, and it's hilarious. 
it's like it's like if there's a deleted scene from Greece where the greasers pick on Eugene and Eugene finally goes fuck it and just pulls out a Bowie knife <laughs> and just starts just starts like going ape shit on everyone. It's oh, incredible. Shit. It's we can incredible. Buy followers, dude. Oh yay! Did you know that bigfollows.com? We can totally buy followers. Oh my god. We can become famous? We can become famous. Holy shit, big bigswallows.com? <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna go right now to bigswallows.com. Wait a second, there's nothing here about buying followers and viewers. It's just uh, Catholic priests in compromising positions. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not sure about that, needy unicorn 8RT4 more numbers. Oh, Big Swallows is all about birds. Mm -hmm. Okay, there you go. It, it, and it says something about the modern American Republican Party that there is a deadly pandemic happening and people are dying and young people are getting this sickness and they're heading to the hospital in surprising numbers and we need to stop this pandemic. But what are Republicans focused on? The fact that Big Bird got the vaccine! <laughs> That's the problem that Ted Cruz needs to get in front of cameras and get angry about. There's no more policy in the Republican Party. It's just anger and fear. And like, hey... Hey... You voted against giving us more uh, uh, checks to help us with the pandemic. Oh, why did you do that? Well, let me tell you why. But first, Big Bird is indoctrinating our children! Like, fuck off! Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bunny. Are you there, Bunny? Bunny, are you there? Oh, Bunny left. He's probably in the bathroom. Okay, I was gonna. I would now like to take this time to say, to uh, to do what I do at the end of every podcast is sing a song. Uh, so I'd like to sing a song for you now. It's a beautiful song. Uh, sing along if you know the words. Goes a little something like this. I'm not talking about moving in. And I don't want to change your life But there's a cold wind blowing the stars around And I'd really like to piss on your wife Thank you. Thank you. Oh, okay. Uh, I'd like to sing another song. Uh, this is an Elton John song. Sing along if you know the words. And you definitely do. Uh, and can you feel my nuts tonight? <coughs> oh, funny, are you back? I've been singing songs. 
and having just a grand old time. No, no, been here all the time. Oh, you've been here the whole time? Okay. <laughs> no. what, have, what have you been doing? All I'm seeing is a corner. We don't see you. Yeah, we don't see you at all. It's like, oh, there you go. Okay, you're moving it. All right. Uh, so, okay, so Bunny's here. Uh, so next week we're not doing the Reykjavik Whale Watching Massacre, a.k.a. Harpoon. Can you stop covering the camera, Eleanor? Eleanor, please back off. Uh, next week we're doing something that's much, much worse. Okay. Okay. Um, and I... I know it's sort of a... I know I tie everything into this, but I swear to God this movie feels like a skit from I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Okay. In the In the last episode of season one, there's a group of people planning a baby shower, and one of the women who's planning the baby shower, her boyfriend, keeps trying to get the the people instead of buying uh oh uh small bottles of wine or uh oh gift bags it, to to get them to buy fedoras and fake tommy guns because he made a mobster movie that bombed because it sucked and now he's trying to unload all of these mafia props okay and um, and I love that skit because finally at the end you see the baby shower and everyone is putting on these real these these uh, old fedoras and they're like oh man these stink and he goes these are stanzos they're good and everyone's putting on these fedoras and waving these Tommy guns at the baby shower but. Imagine if that shitty movie that he keeps talking about that he thought was going to be a great mafia movie. Imagine if that movie was real. That's next week's movie. It's from 2007, and it's called Born Into Mafia. Okay. This is... This makes... The birds seem like Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Is the best way that I can say it. When you look at Born Into Mafia, you then look at the room and go, well, this was obviously a Shakespeare. A Shakespearean movie compared to Born Into Mafia. It doesn't have a wow. Wikipedia page. There's not a lot of reviews of it. There's not a lot of backstory. I believe the guy who wrote, produced, directed, and starred in it, if I'm not mistaken, his name is Vincent Versace. No relation. <laughs> and, oh my god, Bunny, I think you're really going to love this. Yeah. It's already on the cough cough, and, oh, it's so bad, it's beautiful. And okay. I can't wait to do it next week. Uh, we're also going to be talking about a uh, football coach and uh, his girlfriend and his girlfriend's monkey. Okay. Next week, 
So that's exciting. And then finally, I'm going to watch Dune. I'm sure I'm going to understand all of it, despite me not reading one of the 97 books. <laughs> yes. So excited to see how I feel about that. So that's next I am, week. I, yeah. am, I, I am very curious, because uh, maybe I'm crazy, but I think everybody else is bought into the hype that was put out to this fucking movie. Well, well, one thing that you don't hear a lot of people saying is that um, I think right now at this exact moment in time, it would be difficult for anyone to release a movie that people say, this is a horrible movie. Because yeah. we've spent like so much time locked up alone in our homes that... Even a movie that I didn't like in the theaters, I still go, I got out of the house. Yeah. I went somewhere else. I got some snacks. I sat down. I took off my mask. There was no one around near me. I had some food, watched a film. So that helps make the movies that are coming out have better reviews. And I think a lot of the movies that are coming out that are getting bad reviews are getting bad reviews because people saw it at home. Yeah. So I think that, like, one of the good, one of the things that Dune has going for it is a lot of people are seeing this in theaters, and that alone will make people like it. Well, yeah, yeah, and, like, that's my hypothesis, that, that uh, again, it was hyped to hell Yeah. in the media that, oh, you're going to love it, it's the best, blah, blah, blah. And the comparisons to Star Wars, which I still think is fucking weird. Uh, and I think seeing it on, getting out and seeing it on the big screen is making people enjoy it a lot more. And yeah, it, it, it's pretty. I'll give it that. Yeah. But I'm really excited to see what I have to say about it. Like, even I'm excited to but see I'm what I have to say about it. I'm not. I'm also not hearing like, oh, it was great because well they really nailed the book, or it's great because the acting performances were, you know, the or, or it was great because the direction was so, you know, I'm not hearing any reasons why it's great that have much to do with the movie. Yeah. So I yeah so so that'll be next week. We'll see what I have to say about it. But now that I'm looking back at this week, the highs and the lows, you, the ups and the downs. You have to bring somebody with you. We need a control. I mean, I've tainted you. I think what I'm gonna do is I'm going to go see it on Thursday in theaters, and then on Friday, Saturday, I will see it at home. Okay. And then, and then we'll see the difference between seeing it in the theater and then, like, seeing it at home and Mal's here and Max is around, you know? Yeah. What other people think. So that'll be interesting. But now that I'm looking back at this episode, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, Bunny cried a little bit in Act 6. Uh, six Flags, Last Night in Soho, Eternal Smelling Their Own Farts, uh, Star Fox, do a barrel roll. Lamb to the college years. Yeah. The Reykjavik whale watching massacre. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode. 
pretty it good. It has been a damn good episode. Okay, yes. I feel I, I, I also felt that in my prana that this was a damn good episode, but I didn't want to say that because you're the person who makes that distinction and not me, but yes, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of uh, Natasha and Amber and Eleanor and Max and Max and everyone else, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. Can you do Mal's part since Mal is gone? No, but come here. You have to. The microphone is here. Okay, but don't get in front because you are half naked. So. What was that question? Say it louder. You gotta project this. Waffles and poopy tuts. Okay. And you. And shaggies. And you shaggies. Oh, nice. Yes, Eleanor. Take your time. It, it, it's fine. And you... Cookie Monsters. And you Cookie Monsters. Nice. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do. Skiddy-bop-a-doo-wow. Cut and print.